Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, it's another big night as the networks come together to talk prominence. They're getting very serious about it. The industry mourns the death of an up-and-coming star and we'll bring you our reactions to the launch of Foxtel's latest gadget, Hubble. Welcome to the podcast where people in the industry get their news recorded live in front of a streaming audience. This is TV Black Box. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Yes, well, hello there as we beam live around the world, the nation and the states of Australia. Hello there, I'm Rob McKnight. Joining me tonight is the viewer's advocate, Steve Mulkey Mulk. G'day, Mulkey. Hello, Rob. Hello, other unnamed person we can't mention yet. Uh, I'm recording tonight on the land of the dark and drunk people and I pay my respects to their elders past and present. Rob, it's like I only saw you last week. I know. And uh, we saw each other twice. And in fact, you stayed over at my place. Ooh la la. You cuddled Um, very nicely. Yes. (laughs) And the unnamed person is a returning... Well, she was a regular. Now she's a guest star <laughs> filling in Super for Robo tonight. It's Abby Mickey Mickelson. Hello, 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 I'm back. Um, yes, very excited to be back. A lot has changed in the three weeks that I've been gone. Um, but hopefully yes, we're on video now. <laughs> I know, I know. It was a rude shock. Um, but I am recording tonight on Daramurugal land and would like to pay my respects to the elders past and present of this land. It's amazing you still have a voice after how many Taylor Swift Deadly. concerts did you get to? 17. Went to six. Um, mm. So I was saying before, even Robbo with his cold probably sounds better than I do currently. I've lost my voice, but I will do my best. Well, we're six still is an expensive in hobby, Abby. It is. It is a very expensive hobby. Um, I no longer have any savings left and we're just starting from scratch again, so it's fine. Everything's <laughs> nice. <laughs> hey, uh, it's been an interesting couple of weeks, Uh uh, I've been pulled back, guys, into the world of promos. Ooh. And I've been down to Melbourne for a bit of a shootsy watsy. And uh, over the next couple of days, I'll have a brand new Melbourne news promo launching for Seven News. Uh, it's weird going back into that world, I've got to say. I'm still producing on Spotlight, but just when I thought I was out for the last 10 years, <laughs> they pulled me back in. Um, Malk and Abby, you've seen the promo, uh, an unfinished version of the promo. It's a little different, as you saw, but, um, I, well, maybe, maybe it's not different. I don't know. First first reactions? It's Without I really liked it. <laughs> no, I won't give anything away. They're obviously very lucky to have you. You've been doing this for many, many years, and, yeah, it's great. Oh, my God, you're so much nicer to me when we're on video. <laughs> No, that is not true. Not true. Uh, Look, and we're enjoying your feedback coming through. We've got uh, people 
Uh, Matthew Braun saying hello. Uh, I know that uh, Radio Notes is out there, Adelaide checking in. I know Reggie Bird, um, or Sorensen as she is now, sent me a text asking uh, when the podcast is starting. She um, is very sick tonight and she may have had a few whiskeys to help her throat with the cold. So she she may not be uh, available tonight. So we'll see what happens with that. But meanwhile... There is a lot to discuss this week in TV because the bosses of the free-to-air TV networks joined forces last week as they fronted federal parliament to talk about prominence. Now, look, we've talked about this issue before, but this is the proposed legislation that could force TV manufacturers to place the apps of each network in a prominent place on the home screen of each TV. Manufacturers are against it, as is Foxtel, but Free TV says this is needed to make sure the local industry survives and continues to provide news and local dramas. Um, Malk, it was interesting watching the live feed of this. I did think the bosses of Free to Air did a good job of laying out their argument. Yeah, largely, yes. It, it was pretty good. We, and we got to see in a rare display of unity, all of them rocked yeah. up. Like uh, we got to see James Taylor from SBS. We got to see David Anderson from the ABC. They had their own little separate deals. Uh, with Free TV Australia, we got to see James Warburton and Mike Sneesby and Bev McGarvey all in a row. Like it was all of them together. Uh, and Scott Lawson as well from Fetch, plus a whole bunch of other people lined up and offered submissions and, and answered questions and stuff. It's really interesting because of, oh, sorry, and Patrick Delaney from Foxtel. Don't want to leave him out because that actually flavors it really significantly because understandably the free-to-air CEOs and MDs have a very direct line about what they're trying to deliver and, and the way they want the legislation to be shaped and their submissions. And Patrick representing Foxtel might have a slightly different view. Hmm. I really like Patrick, I've got to say. I really admire Patrick Delaney. But this line he's trotting out about the government shouldn't have control of your TV is desperate. And it's just a bit of PR spin. What we're talking about here, and the, the network's made it very clear, and Abby, you're shaking your mm. head, and I want to find out why in a moment. Um, but the networks ju- are just saying when a new TV, when a consumer buys a new TV, and even retrospectively on current older TVs, that software is installed to put the apps on the home screen in a place of prominence. If you don't like them, you can delete them. You're not stuck with them. They're not forced um, I don't see the problem with that. This idea that the government's controlling your TV and what you watch, complete bullshit. Um, what were you shaking your head at, Ad? I was shaking my head because I agree. I think Patrick Delaney's thing that it's government control and that it's taking away choice from Australians is ridiculous. It's 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 no less of a choice or no more of a choice than how they come currently. If Netflix is at the front or if Foxtel goes at the front, whatever it is, Something is at the front regardless and you can rearrange it. There's no suggestion that the free-to-air ones should be at the front and should be unchangeable. It's just that that's where they should start. And I don't I don't see an issue with this at all. I think that is complete just fear-mongering and just not a thing at all. Yeah, well, I agree with that. And it's interesting, Mulk, that we've seen um, manufacturers not want to do this because they do global Mm. deals with Netflix and Amazon Prime and they're also trying to take a clip of the ticket of any revenue that the networks make through the apps streaming on their TVs, which I find ridiculous. Um, But uh, what were were some of the salient points you saw come out during the uh, presentation to Parliament? Oh, even even the acknowledgement from uh, James Taylor, the managing director of SBS, that oh, who was outstanding. He was brilliant, right? An excellent opening submission and all of those sorts of things. Um, 
stating that there had been two separate cases from TV manufacturers wanting to basically bend them over and have a red-hot go over the Mm. amount of money they were not asking for, telling, um, to even have their app on their platform. Yeah. And SBS have made an absolute badge out of making sure that the SBS On Demand app is available on everything and everywhere, like to, to make it accessible. And to have a manufacturer say to them, oh, you're $250,000 and we'll make sure that it's on there. The fuck? Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I'm not sure that um, Bev, Bev McGarvey did make a really interesting point when she explained to the senator about the friction of getting from one page to the other. I thought she answered that very well. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure that the example she gave about not being able to search for 10 play was a, is that, you know, like that, I don't know that that showered her in glory or is it a real problem people are having? Oh, no, it's a real problem. And and this is part of the, uh, the commercial free-to-air particularly, but largely the free-to-air argument that the need for prominence in these situations often means that they are, A, not preloaded, and that's part of the argument, where they want to have the yeah. apps physically installed to start with and then physically in that first five positions. But but is that example she gave where she spent an hour trying to search for the 10-play app and couldn't find it and had to get an engineer? <laughs> it, it doesn't cover Bev and Glory. No, I, I'm just a bit surprised because on my LG, which is an older model now, it's, sure. you know, it's not that old, it's five yeah. years or something, but that's old now. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I, I went to the search function and I searched 10 play, 9 now and all those kind of things. I knew how, I, I well, I didn't know how to do it. I went to the search function and did it. So this is why I guess I'm surprised that um, it was it, it was that hard to do. I agree that you shouldn't have to search them and bring them up, right? Yep. I, I'm for that. I just am surprised it was that hard. I, I can't speak to why Bev found it difficult or what was the problem, and it could have been just. And I'm not having a go at her, by the way. Oh no, no, no! I acknowledge it could have been part of the problem was the difficulty of physically getting her her television connected to her Wi-Fi mm. or, or whatever like that, because that's part of the problem. If your app isn't preloaded, you've physically got to navigate into their reasonably voluminous app store, find the app you want, download it, get it downloaded and let it go through that process and then flog and sign into it and make it go. Mm. Like it's a bit of a mess. Uh, And while you would think it should be easy to find an app called 10 play, are you searching for T E N play or one zero play or one zero space play? And how is that searchable within the, um, the, the library? And I'm going to say cynically, maybe perhaps because 10 didn't pay them, they took it out of the search function or made it harder to search for. Actually, you've raised a really interesting point because this is what these executives were saying, that they don't have to have the apps of the networks available on their platforms. They can These TV manufacturers can actually make the decision not to include 10 Play, 7 Plus, um, 9 Now, ABC iView and SBS On Demand. And they they also brought up um, a... a Look... It was a bit ham-fisted the way it got all mixed up and pushed around. But Bluey became the bouncing ball for a fair chunk of the conversation through all of their uh, chats because I think David Anderson raised the issue that there there are issues and instances where even when, like, let's say we've got the apps installed and we're searching for a program. Bluey is a great example. Uh, and this is where, unfortunately, Senator David Pocock got 
some poor information fed to him. In Australia, the only place to watch Bluey in a free context, uh, even in a subscription context, is on ABC iView. It doesn't cost you anything. In the States, it's on Disney+. Plus. It's not on Disney+, Plus in Australia. However, you can purchase Bluey episodes and seasons through your fetch tv through your apple tv like you can buy them and they were particularly suggesting that places maybe like apple were prioritizing when you search for bluey to take you to buy the episode instead of going oh but you can watch it for free via mm. abc iview uh, and they were suggesting that was spurious and and that sort of stuff not uh, outrageously but it just got it as a, an IT professional or someone who's been an IT professional, hearing people that have no business talking about technical things, just it was like listening to your nana talk about how she has to do something uh, on her phone. You sometimes and you just when, wanted to give me the damn thing, I'll fix it. When you watch these, you realize how stupid some of our politicians are. Um, <laughs> like, seriously, there are some commentators, like our dear friend Dan Barrett, mm-hmm. who is is against prominence. Um, when I read his newsletter, the Always Be Watching newsletter, um, I, I, I think I saw a comment from him saying, well, you know, wh- why these are commercial entities, they already get um, their, their licensing fee is gone, uh, why should they get special treatment? Well, I think as much as I love Dan, I mm. completely disagree with him because uh, do we, I mean, is it like people just want to see our television stations mm. die? Like, uh, is Netflix going to serve us up nightly news? You know, like, yes, they'll do some mm. dramas. Sure. And, and and you know, Boy Meets Universe, one of the best dramas of the year, if not the best drama of the year. Fantastic. Doing Boy great stuff universe. globally. What did I say? Boy Meets. It's all right. We still love you. <laughs> there used to be a show called Boy Meets World. That's why. Yes. Um, so I, I'm I'm just confused why people love the idea of the Australian television industry dying, not only from the jobs that, uh, people have, you know, the remaining jobs that people are doing through free-to-air TV and, and hands up, Abby and I both work for free-to-air networks. Abby works at Channel 9, I work at Channel 7, so declaring that off, off the get-go. Um, I just don't know why people are so desperate to see them die. I, I don't mm. get it. You know, like they do, whether you love all their content or not, if there's one thing a year you watch on TV, you're getting that for free because these services exist. And I would guarantee you're watching more than one. People may not like Married at First Sight, but it's bloody popular and Australians like it. Why shouldn't we be doing it? Um, as I said, we've got, what is it? Some networks are doing like, you think about the news content. Sunrise and Today and ABC News Breakfast go from like, 5.30 in the morning through until 9am. Then we've got morning shows. Mm. ABC's got a 24-hour news service. Um, then we get news at 4 o'clock, 6 o'clock. You know, we've got a current affair at 7 o'clock. You know, we're getting so much news and current affairs that would not be there if we didn't have these free-to-air networks. That's worth the price of admission alone. And the price of admission is free. I think my take on that, and I, I don't agree with this, but I think some people don't like the idea of a handout and they see this as a bit of a handout. So they see it as, well, free-to-air TV should be doing more and producing better content and all these things to compete with the streamers and they don't (laughs) like the idea that, well, we're just going to give them something to help them. And, of course, all of us, and I think most people as well, would want to see free-to-air TV continue and grow, but it does need some support. And but But I think people are against the idea of just 
giving them support for the sake of it, if that makes sense. And that's not something well, I agree with. It's not for the sake of it. It's to keep it alive. No, um, I know, but people, you know, I look think at people the want to see them market. earn it. Yeah. yeah, but the problem is you've got companies like Netflix and Amazon Prime Video and Disney Plus all coming in here. How much tax are they paying and what mm. are they really contributing to the economy? And when they do, they can outbid the local um, TV mm. stations. You know, this was the whole problem. I thought the networks would want Netflix to have content quotas, but they don't because they're saying they will absorb all the crews, they will buy all the production houses and we'll be we'll be elbowed out because we won't be able to compete with their budgets. Mm. They're bringing in American money into the country. So, and Netflix and the like will do Australian stories for the while and, and while people watch them, but there's going to be hits, there's going to be misses, and then they say, oh, it's not worth it. We've mm. got the market now. We've got no competition. We'll just keep importing dramas to Australia. Can, can I throw in, and, and I think you've kind of hedged into what I'm about to say anyway, Rob, that the, the idea that, you know, you, you were suggesting some people just want to naysay and, and call the end to the Australian freeway television industry. I think it's a little bit more nuanced than that. And what you've just raised is exactly that, around this idea that, you know, well, these guys have done this and they're getting, they're getting this market share and they're trying to build this and, well, now they don't have to do it. But do they or don't they? I mean, we could argue the same about our free-to-air networks who currently have severely reduced content quotas who haven't paid for their, don't have to pay, but haven't paid a licence fee in a number of years yes. where they used to have to do all of that sort of stuff. It is technically and financially in the Australian taxpayers' best interests that they stop linear free-to-air broadcasting because that spectrum could be on-sold to telcos or other players. It's worth a lot. And we benefit, right? That they're not paying any any license fee means that they're getting all of that for free. Now, I'm not suggesting that we should kill them off. Dan's key platform, and I'm sorry if I'm misrepresenting him, is largely that given the state of the advertising play inflation and the entire kind of media market, there isn't the space for two full-time commercial free, sorry, for three full-time commercial free-to-air networks. He's of course suggesting. Yeah, but that even with a handout, race, that, that market forces will determine that. But but also he's he would argue that, that market forces are already determining that. Yeah, well, but he's been saying this for fifteen years, by the way. Sure, no, yeah, no, and, right. and I acknowledge that. I'm just trying to present what I think Dan is saying in that context. Mm. I think that that this this dog still has some wag in its tail yet. The yeah, challenge is, like you raised though, Netflix and Prime Video and uh, Disney Plus um, are not delivering us a new service. And that absolutely is what 7, 9, 10, ABC and SBS are. And just acknowledging ABC and SBS is a special place, I'm going to drop them out of this conversation. The commercial free-to-air networks are where we're really leaning into and worrying about in, in that context. Other than, and we, we have mentioned this, other than live news, running, running live news and live sport, and at the moment, stripped reality, which is killing it for nine, but we'll, they'll all have their go later across and across the year. There's not a whole lot that we tune in to watch anymore. It doesn't matter what the metrics are, what the new ratings, the old ratings, anything, anything. Live news and live sport are what prop the networks up predominantly. Agree. And we know the streamers want the live sport because that will yep. drive revenue. And that's and part of this legislation and... is who gets the bite at mm. what part of the cherry. Mm. And, and you know, it's been really interesting to watch because nine for at least the last five probably longer years, when they negotiate, they say we want everything. We want freeware, yes. broadcast, yes. you know, digital, all of the things where that has been fragmented. And seven, to their credit, in their latest round of negotiations around particularly the AFL and the cricket, have managed to pick that up. So yeah. 
for 2025 season AFL, the games that they broadcast free to air, you can watch on seven plus this year over the cricket season, whenever the cricket was on, you couldn't watch it on seven plus, sorry, plus seven, but from next season, you'll be able to. Yeah, so, no, you had repeats of border security. Um, all right. We need to move on. Just yes. a quick note. Mark, did I see you say to in the comments that um, we're not getting Facebook comments at the moment? Yeah, there's just a weird error at the moment. And I apologize for, for whatever's happening. I've let the people at Facebook know. Um, we are the comments are appearing on the Facebook post, but they're not coming into the console that we use. Okay. So right now we're only seeing YouTube comments that we can include. For so example, if you're on Facebook, one, that's pandering to Rob, hashtag night. Um we can include them, but we just can't like we've included the Facebook ones last week. We'll okay. still check them out and, and appreciate them. Worth a note, but I, I did want to bring up this one. Matthew Bean says, government gave lots of money to Ford and Holden. Absolutely right. If we want Australians, sometimes we need to support Australian, and there was a lot of support when the government did that. All oh, right, let's, years. let's move on to some very sad news because it has been a sad week, sad week of news with uh, the news that a former Channel 10 reporter is believed to have been murdered. Investigations are still ongoing as police search for the bodies and appear to have found the bodies of Jesse Baird and his partner, Luke Davies. That's the breaking news tonight. Jesse started out at TVQ in Brisbane as a presenter and producer on Totally Wild before going on to host live action video game series, Gamify. Now, he then relocated to Sydney to join Studio 10. First, he was in Queensland as a reporter before the relocation, and then he joined the show full-time as a producer and presenter. He was with the program until it was axed at the end of last year. Sarah Harris shared her feelings about his tragic death this week on the project. He wasn't just a colleague. He was, he was our friend. He was like a little brother. He was one of those kids that lit up... Not just not just the um, the scream, but also a room. He just had this big, beautiful smile. Um, he was so good on air uh, as well. He, I mean, twenty six, absolute star. He was just thought on his feet. Was quick on his feet, whether it be feeding crocs or uh, water skiing. He, he did it all. He was just one of those one of those kids who had big smile, big talent and an even bigger heart. And, and 2024, it was supposed to be his year. Yeah, it really is sad news. And we know a lot of people who worked with um, mm. Jesse. I, I didn't work with him. I um, I may have met him, but I, I don't, I didn't know him. Um, but I know a lot of people who did, and they are really upset. They're outraged at how the police handled the investigation and sort of tried to start skewing uh, Jesse is the potential um, criminal here. Uh, in the early stages of the investigation. In the first 24 hours, they was, they seem to be pointing the finger at him. We obviously know now that the um, that it, um, the news reports today are saying bodies have been found uh, at that property. And, look, it, it's a tragic, tragic situation. And, Abby, it is hard for people in the industry. Look, it's always hard when anybody dies. Mm. But when it's someone who is on TV... And it's people so young, but you know that people t tend to outpour their emotions towards it, don't they? They do, and like, of course, it, it's it's like a complete tragedy for both families of the victims. Like, it's it's actually just beyond imaginable, really. Um, I, I was thinking about it the other day because when when the police did the press conference on Friday, um, we all in the newsroom at nine were all watching it, and there was just 
this heaviness in the air. I've never really felt anything like it. It was so, so sad. And I just was thinking at the time what that must have been like at 10 to be mm. having everyone in the newsroom there watching that press conference as well. Mm. It's just, yeah. it's beyond comprehension. It's it's devastating. As you said, Rob, like we know a lot of people who have worked with him for many years and um, talking to them this week, they're just, of course, absolutely heartbroken. And by all accounts, he and Luke were amazing people. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's beyond. There's nothing really yeah. more to say about it. No, look, um, it is it is hard, and, and I, I come back to it, Malk, that uh, the way this has affected the industry, people who mm. didn't know him are coming up to me and asking and, you know, like uh, wanting to know that everyone's okay and the people that knew him um, because I guess of his association with Studio 10, there's a presumption that I, yeah. I did know him. Um, I've seen a lot of heartfelt um, uh, social media posts and... I've seen um, the heartbreak being felt and and by people, especially up at uh, 10 Brisbane and 10 Sydney where he worked, um, there's a lot of people doing it tough right now and it's been a, it's even harder because it's been the front page of the paper, it's been um, leading news bulletins tonight as we record this on Tuesday the 27th of February, it was the lead story over multiple stories mm. on the news services tonight. Mm. So yeah, um, And worldwide as well. BBC. Yeah, that's right. It, yeah. It's it's horrendous. And look, the, the actions of one person have forever changed three families' trajectories. You yeah. Know? Like it's just it's it's so deeply sad. And and I, look, it has been incredible to see the outpouring of grief and care and love for, for Jesse and Luke's um families and, and acknowledging the, the loss and the families and friends. It's it's you know made even more, I guess, sort of um prescient because of the fact that it's Mardi Gras on Saturday night mm. um, and that in that yeah. context, you know, the, the community that they were a part of were getting ready to celebrate and now there's this this big edge of sadness around it, again, because just, you know, horrible violence, horrible I, violence. I didn't, um, I don't think it's a smart idea for the Mardi Gras organisers to ban the police force from marching there. It, that's tarring a whole organisation over one person, that's like saying, um, blaming one pedophile who happens to be gay, that the whole gay community uh, are pedophiles. That's not the way life works. It's one person doing a bad thing. And I, I do think the Mardi Gras organisation organisers have got this wrong and that the police... I think it, should... it goes a lot deeper than that, but... Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Look, well, I don't they're, they're this using game. the actions of one man. I know. I know. I just it's it's a very nuanced conversation. That yeah, the, the heritage of Mardi Gras is literally yeah. protesting their treatment by the government and the police. Yeah. So uh, yes, but now the government and police are on board with this. This has been the evolution. Joe sure. Hildebrand made a point today. If when you're being a radical and you're protesting, what happens when you win the protest and people get on board with your cause? Well, you haven't got anything to protest against, and you know, is, is, he he made the point on Sunrise this morning. This is you know a, a way for the radical side of um, the community to start protesting the police. And I know it's a nuanced conversation, but yeah, the police are supportive of Mardi Gras now. Yes, it started off in a bad place, and, and go on. I, I think it's important also to consider the wishes of their family and friends in this, um, and I'm sure there well, they are different, called for the within, police to be there. Are differing opinions within those groups themselves, but yes, there are people close to them who 
we're very much a part of that and we're part of those discussions. Um, yeah, I, it's, I, it's it's tricky. And but as yeah. you say, in a family, people mm. have differing opinions. So sure, um, you know, not one person speaks for the families. Ultimately, yeah. in these things, usually you find. Um, anyway, we'll we'll move on from that because coming up, we'll bring you our reactions from the launch of Foxtel's latest gadget, Hubble. How do you turn a popular streaming classic into a stage musical? We'll meet the man who just did that, and we'll find out what everyone's been watching as we open the TV binge box. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Okay, a week or so ago, I had the privilege of attending the Brisbane premiere of Beauty and the Beast, the musical. Now, look, guys, it's a fantastic production, and I am intrigued about taking a much-loved animation and adapting it for the stage. Matt West is the choreographer and director of the current season, and, in fact, he was there for the original Broadway run back in 1994. I spoke to Matt earlier this week. Welcome to TV Black Box. Thank you. It's so great to be with you. Matt, I'm really intrigued because you are the director and choreographer of Beauty and the Beast, the stage musical. How do you take a classic film, and it's based on the 1991 film, how do you take that film and transform it into a stage production? Well, I think the one, the one, um, the one thing to uh, remember for us as a team uh, was uh, the animation was so successful and so so wonderfully uh, told as a as a fairy tale and story. But to take actual animation and try to bring it to the stage is impossible. What you can do in animation just isn't is impossible on the on the stage. And so uh, the the. The task was to take these iconic Disney characters, which in by by the time we opened the stage play in 1994, these were well well known and beloved mm. characters already, and um, how to take them and make them three dimensional. Um, people and bring a sense of humanity to the piece um, and so working with Alan Menken. And Tim Rice, um, who uh, Tim came in and added to the incredible lyrics by Howard Ashman, who had passed away by then. Mm. Um, and uh, Linda Wolverton, in her award-winning screenplay from the film, uh, we we expanded the piece. We added additional songs uh, in order to make a, a total um, theatrical experience. I was at the premiere in Brisbane the other night and I've been wanting to see this stage play for a long time. It didn't let me down. It was fabulous. It was it was really great. And at the opening narration by Angela Lansbury was actually just a delight. I didn't know that was part of it. And so when I heard that, it was just an absolute delight. But it's amazing that you were involved in this 30 years ago when it went from that ad adaption from screen to film. It it was a process that everyone said it should become a Broadway play, but it, Michael Eisner wasn't initially convinced. He 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 wasn't convinced. It took us a number of meetings with Michael and Jeffrey Katzenberg to get the green light. 
And we we went about it in steps. We uh, met with with Linda Wolverton again and Alan and um, Tim wasn't involved just yet, but we we uh, expanded it slowly but surely and went to Michael and Jeffrey um, on numerous occasions. And um, we we had to convince them it was a big step for the Walt Disney Company going into live theater at that Mm. time in 1990 well this was by then around 1992 it opened on broadway in 1994 so it took us a couple years but in 1992 broadway wasn't doing so well and um uh it really didn't have the corporate um uh power behind it at the time and so disney went in and somewhat changed the rules they not only uh took their first broadway show made beauty and the beast their first broadway show ever but they changed some of the rules on Broadway uh, in the way that we started performances a little early on certain nights so that the young people could come during the week oh. and still get up for school the next day. And we were we were they pointed at us and said that will never work. And now here today, everybody follows that rule. All those shows <laughs> are done at the earlier hours. And so Disney had the insight. Michael especially had the insight um, uh, of what audiences really wanted. And um, it was quite the ride. Well, that was a 13-year run just on Broadway alone, but it's still going around the world. You are in Australia at the moment uh, for the launch of the Brisbane version of Beauty and the Beast. How much involvement do you have as a director and choreographer on these international versions? Um, Well, I've always been involved in my shows. Uh, Being an ex uh, performer. I I performed on Broadway for many, many years, and I started performing uh, when I was 13, professionally touring the States. And I remember when the original directors, such as Michael Bennett, Michael Kidd, Bob Fosse, would come Mm -hmm. and visit us either on the road or uh, in the Broadway companies. What a what a burst of energy it gave the us as a as a group uh, as a a team of actors who were doing eight shows a week and um, so i remember what that felt like so it's been always important to me to um visit the companies whenever i could and disney supports that 100% and so um i was i i actually taught the show in sydney to the cast i was there for a couple of months and so wow. now with the move to brisbane we thought it was important that i come up and give it a little shot of energy and uh that's what i do and um <laughs> i think it's important for a show and uh I, I, the actors really appreciate it and, and how does the Brisbane slash Australian cast compare to other casts around the world? It's very interesting for me because I had the opportunity to be here 30 years ago when we hired Hugh Jackman to play Gaston <laughs> and, and the fantastic Burt Newton as Cogsworth. Yes. So we had some very talented people back then, mm. but the talent pool has only increased here in Australia, not only in size, but just in sheer um the 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 pure talent that these people bring the beauty and the beast is not an easy show to cast it has 11 principles mm. in it you know uh from cogsworth to mrs potts to lumiere bell and the beast and and onward and so you have to find an ensemble that can cover those principles plus be great dancers and great singers so the ensemble r- really is the the heart of the show and the the most difficult part to cast. And we had here uh, this this time around in Australia, we it was hard to make the decision. There were so many choices 
that um, it's it's hard to let some go. Uh, but but the amount of talent here has just exploded over the years. I really agree with that. I think, you know, back in around 2000, late 90s, early 2000s, I did feel that on our theatre scene and musical scene, we didn't have that quality of talent outside of your Hugh Jackmans, of course, um, that you if you went to Broadway or a West End show in London, that you would you could match. But now... It's really changed. Our expectations as an audience have really risen and the talent has been found and, and evolved here in Australia to match that expectation. And I think the quality of show um, and the amount of shows that come to Australia now mm. has just increased and continues to increase. It's somewhat difficult to find a theatre um, for the length of stay that you want to come to uh, Sydney or Brisbane or Melbourne. Uh, so that's just good, healthy theatre. That's good for everybody. It's it's good for the surrounding area. It's good for hotels and restaurants. It's a win-win. Yeah, it is. Well, look, the tickets are on sale now for shows through to 19th of May at QPAC. It's a great venue, a great show. Um, Melbourne tickets are also on sale. Matt, your proudest moment of the Australian production before I let you go, what is it? It's hearing those kids in the audience cheer for Bell and Beast. And when they're asking their parents questions, they're talking about the show. That is a win-win for me as a director. That tells me I did my job and we're bringing an entirely new uh, group of theatre goers into into theaters uh the the youngsters are loving the show they're very involved the other night i heard a young boy way in the balcony yell out don't hurt her when the beast had a hold of bell <laughs> that means he was into it yeah. and that is that's that's you know why i do this i love it uh it's a fantastic production you should be very proud thanks for joining us thanks for having me yeah, it's a, it's a great show. It's funny, after I went and watched it, I went to Disney Plus and I watched the 1991 animated film as well. I can't get enough. I'm in trouble because I, I gave know. a spoiler. I've seen some comments. Spoiler alert, re Angela Lansbury. Hypocritical. Oh, yeah, I mean, the worst. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, I think I have to cop that. Mm. Um, Do you need to declare anything, Rob, just by the way? Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Just making sure we're all. I, above, I mentioned above in the board thing, and... and in the intro, I went to the premiere. Sure, <laughs> but I go to the, a lot of premieres, Mark. Mm. Oh, and well, he done gets you. invited to everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get invited to everything. He's a social. He's a Sydney socialite. He's yeah. Mark has an issue because he's like, "Why are we doing this interview?" And I said, "Because I'm genuinely interested in transforming a a animated film into a stage production." Of course. Naturally, anyway, um, completely. On to a more serious bit of feedback. I want to, um, Clint Ooh. Tice, uh, he has said... That's we just need him to... talking about you, though. One word, psycho. Anyway, okay. yes? Um, no, there's a different one from Clint where he says, yes. we need to consider how the gay community trusts mm. the police to go to them for abuse when one yes. of them has allegedly committed murder. I, I completely understand that, but that's Fair. like saying you'll never go to a priest because a lot of them have done the wrong thing and abused kids. Breaking news, Rob, people don't go to priests. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that might be true, but what I'm saying to you here is that I, I think we need to be careful about, you know, turning our back on the whole force because of the actions of this guy, alleged actions, 
and the actions of a few uh, or the minority. In every group of people, there are good, bad and ugly, and we just have to remember that. Uh, okay, let's move on because... Foxtel held its big launch of Hubble last week. It was an impressive event attended by celebrities and executives to showcase the new service, which brings all of your streaming and catch-up apps all together. Malk, it'll cost you $99 for the set-top box. Is it good value? Uh, yes, with an if, no, with a but. Always um, with you. And, and just up front, that's a $99 purchase price, no additional costs for the use of the Which pipe. I think is great. And, and also available built into a television that they're calling Hubble Glass, 55 and 65-inch 4K TVs. We can develop that thing. Sorry, just yes. a, a point of order. Please. This has just come into my mind. So hmm. I bought a, a, a MyCloud drive, right, by Western Digital. Sure. It was a great concept. It really worked well when we were doing the Ben Robin Robbo show, didn't right. it, Abby? Because hmm. I had a hard drive that was connected to my computer, but everyone could upload to it. Yep. Um, yeah, they it could great. put the files in there and we could then play them off that drive for the show, all the clips great. and everything we used, yep. the graphics, everything. Then, obviously, this, this MyCloud device didn't take off and Western Digital have turned their back on it and basically mm -hmm. now no support. So at the moment, I am very limited in the way I can get files. I can't get a whole load of folders in one go because mm -hmm. there's no support for that and the, there's no desktop app anymore and it's it's a complete nightmare. How can I be sure that when Foxtel sell this $99 set-top box, a great question, that in yes. five years from now, if it hasn't worked for them, mm -hmm. will that have been a waste of money? Uh, the, the short answer is, Rob, like all technology in 2024, it's mm. yeah. It, and 99 bucks is a pretty fair gamble because if that's five years worth of 99 bucks, 20 bucks a year, I think mm. you've done all right for what it might be solving for you. Yeah, but and the I catch is though, this is a good product. Oh, and the catch is though that Foxtel didn't invent it. I just want to upfront this: the Hubble Puck device is the same as the Sky Puck device, rebadged, of course, and with you know an Australian flavour and variant which is the same as the Comcast Zumo. So it's built off Comcast's product that Sky then use and now Foxtel have brought in as Hubble. Um, and in and of itself, I think it, it, it is not for people who are already deeply embedded in using a Google Chromecast mm. or using an Apple TV or even a Fetch Mini or Fetch Mighty or any other Frankenstein machine that they've built for themselves. This is not for them. Or it's also not even for the people that currently have a smart TV and they just use their apps mm. off that. Like, fill your boots, friends. Keep going mm. with that. This is for everybody else that hasn't caught up, that has a dumb TV and, and hasn't necessarily got to all of that. Up, there, there, there's features like just being able to search. Like, I'm forever going, what? You know, and I use that just watch app, right? To find mm -hmm. out what is where what where something is. Like I wanted to yeah. watch No Hard Feelings the other week and oh, I want to talk about that. That's just come up on the screen. Let TV. me finish this. So, yeah. Right. Um uh, sorry, I don't mean to dominate. Um and I've interrupted sure. your train of thought. I apologize. Right. But um uh, now I've interrupted my own train of thought and I yeah. lost what I was. Do we need to come back to <laughs> Not about Rachel? catching up. You said it's not about catching up. You were trying to search for something. Oh, yeah, yeah. The so thing. my point yeah. is when I was well, when I wanted to know no hard feelings, I like the idea that with Hubble you can go to go to it and once you've logged into all the apps that you've got, all the streaming mm -hmm. services, it will tell you where to get it. 
Yeah, and, and, just, and you can hit play. You can do well, that and, on and other things, can't you? You can, Abby, and that's the challenge, mm. though. I, I kind of want to lean into how it works, which is what Rob was doing, just by pointing out that Hubble is not for people that have all of those things or can access things or do those things. Mm. This is for people that haven't gone that far yet or even for people that are doing a hardware refresh. So maybe mm. you've got an old Apple TV and you don't want to fork out the megabucks, and it is for a new Apple TV, and here's Hubble and maybe it can do the things. Now, of course, it's not going to do the same Apple integration that an Apple product does. It absolutely is competing with a, with a Chromecast and absolutely is competing with a Fetch Mini. Um, the challenge is, though, what it actually does, as opposed to your Fetch or your... Um, <laughs> Apple TV. <laughs> what are you guys laughing at? Honestly. Sorry, Matthew. Good you. It was just Rob a funny comment. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, no, I, have hit, right. I have hit peak Rob where I interrupted myself. <laughs> Sorry, it was only the second episode. It only took the second episode. You should see what happens when we weren't doing it live video. Rob interrupted himself three times. It's pretty bloody amazing. Anyway, I've got back to me. I'm the, sorry. <laughs> the thing that I think that Hubble has a benefit over your Fetch, over your Apple TV, over your Chromecast, is that you sign into your services as you would in all of them, except that, and I reflect this in a Fetch and Apple TV product, if I want to watch a show on Stan, it might present to me that show, but then I have to go into the Stan app and fire up or it fires up that show in the Stan app. Whereas because I'm logged into Stan in the Hubble interface, it's a tile like we get used to seeing on the screen and I press on the show and the show just starts. So mm. that integrated nature of the, the things are brought forward, if you want to think, into, into my face. But also if Rob, Abby and Malka are sharing a Hubble, we can build our own watch lists that aren't just what I watch on Stan and here's my watch list for Netflix and here's my mm. watch list for Channel 7. It is Malk's watch list for that's cool. Married at First Sight from Nine Now and Australian Survivor from Ten and then um, Shogun from Disney Plus and this and mm. this and it's all just laid out for me and, and the the key sell for Hubble and I know you'll say about Chrome, Chromecast and they can all do this, you don't plug in an antenna, you don't have to plug in an mm. antenna. So as long as you've got Wi-Fi, your Hubble mm. will give you everything that you need to see including live linear broadcast television which currently none of them can offer without you digging into the bowels of the apps. Straight up front, you go, oh, and what's, it, what's live on Channel 7 right now? Bang. What's live on the ABC right now? Bang. Using those IP streams. Now, I understand that Fetch will be introducing that technology, but I don't know what the roadmap is around that. And that will be great. That will, you know, even the playing field somewhat. Um, but this is a big approach that, that Foxtel are leaning into. And I say all of this not having touched, used, or made one go yet. Yeah. Um, I've got the tech briefing this Thursday. We're supposed to be getting our pucks sent this week. I'm getting a, a Hubble glass next week for a review to be able to check it out and, and send it back to them. There will be video. There will be a written review. I'm going to go hard on this technology because we do need to be able to say, what does it do? What is its point of difference in the market when it's already crowded? And who is it for? Who is mm. this product for? Mm. Um, Clint has asked, do we find out about the billing process with Hubble in regards to all of the streaming services? Yes. Uh, the answer to that, Clint, is that you don't have to subscribe to anything through Hubble. Once you pay your 99 bucks, you can then sign in to each of your streaming services. Now, they are doing a thing that they mentioned the in the presentation where you can subscribe through them and the more... Um, streaming services you subscribe to, you will get discounts. I think it was like if you subscribe to three, you get a $5 discount 
and it was, the it total was bill some for the kind month. of yeah. tier. Yeah, um, it was that some kind of tier. But once you own Hubble, you own it, and you literally just have to sign into the streaming services you've got. And importantly, if you do subscribe to say Netflix or Stan through Hubble, it's not locked into Hubble. You can sign into your Netflix or Stan subscription on any other device. It's not like Prime Video where you've got to be in Prime Video to watch that sub. It is you can use it as Netflix on anything in that regard. And here's another great question that or issue that that Matthew raises. And and this Matthew is one we need to test, but I believe that you're exactly right. Using the IP streams that come through your seven plus and come through your plus your seven catch up, your nine catch up, your ten catch up, they don't stream the local services to you. They just stream usually the Sydney stream to you. So if you oh. wanted to watch seven news uh, and you live in regional Victoria, hoping you'd get you know seven Melbourne, bow, bow, you'll only get seven wow. Sydney. If, if you wanted to watch nine Brisbane and you live in Brisbane. I, I don't think Is they regionalise right? either, but I could that be wrong on that. Right. No, it's legitimate. It's only if they have servers and, and those sorts of things. So I know that, and like I said, I haven't tested it, but I have done interstate runs. I do know that some of the catch-up BVOD services do offer a local state service because that's the other thing. If you live regionally, often you get a regional news service on that channel and it is not available to you live. That means someone uh, living in WA could theoretically be watching uh, broadcast three hours ahead because Bingo. they could watch the live Sydney feed. Correct. Uh, I want to go back to TiVo. Uh, I'll bring, we'll, we'll, we'll go to this TiVo thing because it's an interesting, well, I think it's an interesting tangent. I was there um, with someone, no, it was another one, Mulk, that said. Um, no, but I like that he brought up Fango. Oh, yeah. Um so I was at seven when they were launching TiVo and I was in a meeting with the person who was completely in charge of it. Yep. And, you know, because I was using TiVo before it was in Australia, there was a group of people who would, you'd, you'd buy an, an old TiVo, uh, a secondhand TiVo uh, on eBay, it would come out to you and basically there was this whole group in Australia. I had a mate who reversioned it for me for me to use it in Australia yep. and they even did program guides, right? So they did program guides. It was updated so it worked like a proper TiVo. Anyway, Channel 7 were introducing it. They, they did the rights to it. Uh, but what they did was limit the hard drive. Mm -hmm. So basically I got told, well, you could watch a movie in a series. And I said, but that's not what TiVo is. Um TiVo for me is just being able to record everything and watch it at my leisure. Ah, uh, well, they'll do this. And I, I said to the person, and I'm, I'm not going to name the name, mm -hmm. um, but I said to the person, well, why would I buy it then? I'm not going to buy this unless I can have like a one terabyte hard drive, which was really big back then. Yeah, expensive. Um, yes. Unless I can, but unless I can have a huge hard drive in it, there is literally no point for me getting this because I want to be able to record more than one HD movie and, and a couple of episodes of something. I want yeah. a whole series. I, I want, you know, I want all this content that's just loaded up ready for me to, to yes, watch. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. become streaming now. They didn't listen. And what happened? TiVo, well, it was fucked up. The way uh, it was, I don't so know. nice to be right occasionally. The presentation, <laughs> Mulk. Actually, yes. not occasionally. What the hell was that? Oh, don't, please, right move on. No. Don't interrupt yourself to correct yourself. It's fine. <laughs> um, 
it was a, I thought it was a really good presentation. Really no? slick. It, it was yeah. really slick. Hamish and Andy um, ran the whole thing. Patrick They're Delaney. the spokesmodels for Hubble, so be prepared for lots of ads featuring, yes. um, particularly Hamish dressed up as a Hubble puck. Yes, and and uh, Patrick Delaney handles those things with a plomb. He does really, yeah. really well. They did a live presentation where they were controlling the Hubble, Hubble. Yeah, a live demo. That was fantastic. I uh, and I came away genuinely thinking I wouldn't mind one of these. So um, it's going to be great to get our hands on, right? And and look, let's not be, let's not. Um, are we getting one? Talk down the Hubble, you know, it's called it a launch, but they haven't launched it to market and people have bitched a moment about that. Get over yourselves, friends. They're really just saying, hey, this thing's about to land on us. Here's the stuff we're building vibe. Significant members of News Corp were in the audience last Wednesday night at this launch. They had flown in for it. They were taking it so seriously that they brought out the product manager from Comcast to do the live demo. Yeah. Um, Foxtel are going absolutely boots and all in on Hubble and they absolutely want want everybody that doesn't have some other solution and even those that have them when they upgrade them to get a Hubble park because I think realistically once they can get people's hands on seeing how it works I think it will actually change it will transform the way people watch and understand the combination of their free-to-wear and subscription television yeah all right what's that time it's time to open the TV binge box. Socks, socks, socks. Money right. has gone into other things. I will start us off. I have been watching No Hard Feelings with my celebrity crush, Jennifer Lawrence. Um, mm. Oh, I love that woman. Uh, not in a creepy way. Uh, <laughs> I mean, when creepy. you don't actually know her, it's only creepy. Yeah. <laughs> well, isn't that isn't that what fame is though? People you don't know love you. Yeah, but it's like which way did you mean love? And we know which way you meant. Let's move on. Yes. No, I think she's a very fine actress. Um. Anyway, I it's a fun movie. It it's on binge and Amazon Prime Video. Right. Um. It, it's really a lot of fun. It's throwaway. Um... Well, it's a lot of fun. I mean, do you want to ruin the plot? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's a cheap dig. Um, so, no, it, it's just it's one of those um, trashy teen sort of movies which, uh, you know, just lots of fun. You know where it's going. You know how it's going to end. But yeah. the journey is worth taking and it's a nice ride and it's one of those ones that I'll watch a couple of times probably over the course of my life. Um, and yeah, lots and lots of fun. Uh, and the other big thing I watched was Taylor Swift. Uh, that was in person, Rob, though. That wasn't like in any kind of recorded format. Yeah, the things I've been in trouble for bringing up on the binge box on this podcast. Talked about stage shows I've gone to. No, no, you just did a recording about the free tickets that you got. Come on. I no, talked about you, you a recorded got, just, play, a televised you know, play, and I got shit for that. So uh, no, only because hmm? we're at a point now where we we're doing videos of plays. Um, but <laughs> you're talking about a concert. Yeah, yeah. I'm not having a go at you for watching the play. I'm having a go at the fact that they're recording plays. Oh my god, well, it's a real thing. Have you seen yeah, Hamilton the Musical yeah. on Disney Plus? I have. It's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah, I know it is. Okay. Disney I Plus is I'm about saying. to I'm drop Taylor Swift's ears. <laughs> hang on, I've literally on talked Plus. about going to 
plays and shows you know. in the past. I don't see a problem That's why with I that. Didn't- I know, I know that neither do I. That's why I didn't see a problem with me talking about a televised play. John yeah. making some bold claims. Did Rob rent Taylor Swift for $25? I did. I mean, there's about seven double entendres in that whole process. So did my family, by the way, Abby, but that's not what John meant. Anyway, um, it was fabulous. My daughter came down from the Gold Coast. Uh, I was working in Sydney and stayed here and yep. her and a friend came down. Abby came with us and uh, uh, it was uh, it was. Another just another night for Abby because she's been to so many of them already. Yeah, um, but it's it. I mean, from a production point of view, this is amazing. The way they use the video screens, everything is choreographed within an inch of its life. The video screens don't just project project Taylor; they they help tell the story of the song. Mm. It was just fantastic. They've done it more than once, Rob. They've got it worked out. <laughs> they really, really do. And but from a TV point of view, they've got all these robotic cameras that, depending on where they are on the stage come up, do their thing, then go down again and create the floor. Mm. And so the dancers can move up to the next area, then more cameras will come up. And and the poor cameramen, who are actually manning cameras, um, are, they're on such a long lens. It is amazing that they're not really, you know how sometimes people are at the back of award shows and they film awards yeah. and the, the camera's shaky when they're trying to do the close-up. These cameras were rock solid. They were in focus. There was a couple of times they lost focus, but you've got Taylor moving up the stage. They're moving back at the same rate. They're focusing with her. It was really well done. It, it was just a great concert. Abby, what have you been watching? Uh, just before um, I begin, off, there is a really distinct question that's been flying know, through. People the keep talking the about the Christmas minutes. tree. Okay. <laughs> is that a Christmas tree still up behind Abby? It is a Christmas tree. The reason is I live by myself. I put it up at the end of November because I wanted to have it for the full month of December. Then when it came to January to take it down, there <laughs> are lazy. some spiders. No, no, no. There are some spiders in there and there's spider webs and things. And I am arachnophobic and I was like, Amazing. I can't touch it. And so it is now just staying up. Under so it's building up for Halloween and then mm. you get the pest exterminator. I don't, and yeah, I actually spiders. don't know what to do about it. I even looked at it today and I thought maybe I should do it. And I picked up a decoration. It's like attached to the others with webs. I just can't do it. So it's that's called, staying up. It's called being a grown up. Nah, don't like it. Um, <laughs> I, yes, I went to a lot of Taylor Swift concerts. I've just seen Clint say, what about Taylor Swift's entrance to the stage in a cleaning trolley? Yes. Iconic. Saw that happen. Have a video of yep. it. So good. Um, so, yes, I my one of my binge boxes is that I actually did pay the 20 bucks to watch it on Amazon Prime, even though it is coming to Disney Plus in a few weeks. I really needed to watch it today because I was having post-concert depression. And so I watched it and it was amazing. And I will continue watching it probably every single day. And then when it comes on Disney Plus, I'll be watching it over there. Um, 13th of March, Abby, 13th of March, including um, previously unreleased songs. I can't wait. I'm sorry. Yeah. If, if you didn't get a chance to go to the concert, watch the film one, it's, Yes, Mulk, I don't know if you've watched it already, but if you haven't watched it, it's incredible. I will be. Yeah. Um, very well shot as well. It's it's uh, Her 1989 tour was not very well shot. There were a lot of complaints about the editing and it was kind of like it was all over the place. This one, mm. incredible, flawless. Slick as, right? Yeah, so good. Um, the other thing I've been watching is Married at First Sight. It just obsessed with it. It's like I have struggled for time this week, but I have made time to watch that show. I have to watch it. Yeah. It's my start of year crack, Abby. Yeah, I know, and I, I'm I'm devastated that it's not a year long thing. Like I know it's my highlight of it. <laughs> Could you imagine? Holy shit! I wish I was just in it. There's like, not I wish enough time in the world. I know. Just I wish intruder couples every month. Mm-hmm. Just different couples. 
Seriously, I'm I'm dreading its ending already because I'm just like, what am I going to do with my life? Um, well, I think nine are taking it through until the Olympics anyway, so you'll be fine. We've just hit halfway. <laughs> in, I think it's tonight or Sunday's episode we hit halfway of, of Married at First Sight. But it starts to taper. We don't get four episodes a week soon. No. It starts to drill down. Anyway. Oh, yeah, it's just so good. So many good characters, people to root for, people to hate. It's just it's amazing. So good. Uh, people rooting. Yeah. Mm, or not? Mm. Mm, there is some not rooting. That mm. is true. There is, and there some, is some, and there are food. some invites for other husbands to come and root their wives. Oh, mate. <laughs> I've, I've seen Sunday nights, um, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Commitment ceremony already and Jeepers Creepers friends. Wow. Like, if you're a MAPS fan, don't miss a minute of it. It's so good. Is it my turn, Rob? It is, Monkey. Great. Thank you so much. I'm deeply in love with the fact that John Oliver is back on our screens last oh, week tonight. Yes. Oh, last week was fabulous looking at this U.S. Supreme Court. This week, just as good looking at, um, look, it's it's a scam Scammers. process that's been flying around called pig butchering. Um, and it's basically like what we've seen before, building up people, sort of sweet-talking them, but not asking them for money, sucking them in and saying, I'll help you get into crypto or whatever the, the situation is, and just bleeding them dry. Like just... One one of the one of the people that they spoke to as part of their investigation lost her and her father like nearly half a million US dollars. The number of celebrities doing that Whoa. is insane. Doing rug pulls and stuff. Ugh, the whole it's, her, it's world. just it's just diabolical. Last week tonight, it is on Fox Eight, and of course on Foxtel Catch Up. So good. I love having John back. It's brilliant. Even for the fact that they're opening tirade about American politics, which is just going to increase this year because we're getting to elections. Um, so freaking amazing. Love John Oliver. Uh, I think I did wax lyrical about Shogun last week, which is mm -hmm. on Disney Plus. The first two episodes dropped today. Wow. Epic battle scenes like Game of Thrones-esque battle scenes filmed on location in Japan, feudal Japan, so like 15, 1600s Japan. Wow. Um, it's a really incredible tale, The the an updated uh, filmed version of James Clavell's Shogun, the book. Um, there's been, I think, a movie before. There might have even been a series. This is a new series. Amazing. Like, amazing. Um, and I cannot recommend it highly enough. It's so good. Some up mocks and down mocks to roll us through really quickly. A huge up mock for House of Cards, sorry, House of Gods, which kicked off on Sunday night on ABC. All of it is available on ABC iView. Succession, but in a mosque. It's great. Love House of Gods. Congratulations to the whole team. Um, another huge up mock. Oh, now I've forgotten the name of it. I've got a blank. It's all right. I've got a list. Another huge up mock for The Bad Batch. The final season of that has kicked off on Disney+. Plus. Star Wars, The Bad Batch, animated series all about a bunch of um, rogue clone troopers who were sort of um, not – they were cloned, but then they were messed with, so they're not the same as all the other clones. Brilliant storytelling. Um, that's happening on Disney Plus right now. Gogglebox is back. Hugest up mock. For Gogglebox, I love it sick. It is the show that gathers my family around um, the television each week. Gogglebox is delightful. In fact, they're watching it tonight. I went me. to watch it, watched a minute and got didn't end up watching it. Well, that sounds like it's a you problem, Rob. Is it because you've watched too much of the UK one that now you don't Maybe. like the Australian one anymore? Yeah. I think so. And that they, they just be careful. It's a much better is. production. 
there is a thing. Oh, and and a, and a fair warning um, from Matthew Goodyear: if you're going to watch Shogun, be prepared to read a fair bit because funny the Japanese characters speak in Japanese. <laughs> I don't watch so, TV to read. Well, there's subtitles, Rob. Unless you speak Japanese, you're going to be in a world of pain. <laughs> um, right. My final up, Mark. I just quickly want to get this one out on the way out. The 46. Oh, he's getting the music. Four six. It's like an Oscar's season. speech. It is. The music's playing him <laughs> off. Yeah, it's all right. I can shut it down anytime I want. The 46th season of US Survivor kicks off this Thursday night on 9 46. Go. 46. That's amazing. Uh, and, look, Probst is back and he's talking it up. If you don't listen to the, the podcast that they've got running that Jeff Probst hosts, you need to get onto that. Huge up, Mulk. Um, Survivor Season 46, the US version, kicking off great value. Thank you. And just before we wrap, Kat says, I don't know, the Aussie one regarding Gogglebox is kind of forced like they are playing parts could not agree more cat all right that brings us to the end of tonight's edition of tv black box don't forget for all the latest in the world of tv go to the place where people in the industry get their news it's tvblackbox.com.au and if you want to watch the um bosses from the free to air networks and then patrick delaney and uh the people from fetch and other other interested parties talk up to parliament about prominence Mark has put a, a link to that video in the show notes, so go and have a look at that. In the meantime, Abby, thank you for rejoining us tonight. Yay! No worries. Come back again soon, Abby. If you'll come back full time. Well, that's nice. Okay, well, well uh, don't call us, we'll call you scenario. And Mark, thank you very much. We'll see you next week, all things being equal. In the yes. meantime, it's good night from McKnight. Good night. <laughs> 